Heisje. Welcome, welcome to Saving Our Sisters podcast. I am your host, Lady Vicki O'Kim. Thank you for joining in on the conversation. If this is your first time listening in, I'm glad that you are here. I'm glad that you decided to be a part of the conversation. Listen, today's podcast is powerful. This may be a sensitive podcast, I'm excited about my guest, Letitia Harris. When I tell you this lady speaks from a place of freedom, a place of joy, she speaks from a place of being triumphant. On this episode today, we talk about divorce, we talk about the church, we talk about being saved, serving, but single, desiring to be that wife. Although we experience frustrations, So she takes us on a journey of her experiences, which were pretty dark at some points, but she speaks from a place of victory. I tell you what, I'm excited that you are here to listen in with us. Let me do a disclaimer, however. On this particular episode, we had bouts of technical issues because I had to call her on the phone to get this episode done. So we thank God for technology, but I want you to know that we have bouts, but keep listening in. Sometime I would over talk, sometimes she couldn't hear, but I did not want to do a redo because the episode is so powerful. And I didn't want her to forget anything she said the first time. So stay tuned. And I'm going to let you join in on the conversation. But first, let me say a little bit about Letitia. Letitia is a native of Southwest Fresno. She is a PK kid, meaning she's a pastor's daughter. Her grandfather is a pastor. She was saved at the early age of 15 years old. Um, She just received her evangelist missionary license in January 2020 under the pastorage of Pastor Lanier Aikens. She has her bachelor's degree in social work from California State University, Fresno in the year of 2010. She has three amazing children and she has a story to tell. So right now, I need you to join in on the conversation and witness how God will take your test and turn it into a testimony and discover how he will take your messy mess mess and turn it into a beautiful message. Be encouraged by this episode. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hey, Shook. Hey, Shook. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How's your day going in sunny Southern Fresno, California? It's, it's calm today. It's calm today? 
It's calm and quiet today. It's calm and quiet today. It is calm and quiet in a beautiful hot Bakersfield, California. But let me say welcome to the conversation. I'm so glad to have you finally as my guest today on Saving Our Sisters podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for having me. It is an honor. Yes. It's a privilege and an honor. Yes. So today I did a precursor. I told the world a little bit about yourself. So today, you know, as I've forestated and told you that the Lord put you on my heart, I've seen you um, working so faithfully. You are such a hard worker in ministry. And I know God is so pleased because you do it so eloquently. You do it with class and grace. And I want to talk to you today about being a single woman, saved, and um, you've shared with me the frustrations and the concerns you have about ministry, waiting on your mate, waiting on your kingdom, man. So let's talk about that. How do you feel being a single mom waiting on your kingdom, man? You told me I'm wife material. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that a lot. I, 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 I'm not one that is I'm not a creeper. I'm not trying to do a booty call. Excuse me. I mean, that's harsh, but that's a reality. And um, you said, I'm not the type that's going to be the side chick or the side hustle. I am wife material. So tell me your feelings about this topic. So we're going to title this today, Saved, Single, But Frustrated. (laughs) Yes. Yes, say single but frustrated. Please don't think frustrated means that it's safe to settle. Um, Mm. I myself enjoyed being a wife. Um, Just kind of as a backstory, um, dated my oldest two children's father and uh, ended up getting pregnant, having a baby. And of course, after you have a baby, what do the church folks say? Y'all got to get married. That's the, the next best thing. Um, I think the both of us did go in with the intention, with good intentions of, you know, having a marriage. Um, but we were young. I was 21 when mm-hmm. we got married. Um, and so we were young, not knowing really what marriage entailed. Mm-hmm. Um, both of our parents, both of our parents are still to, to this day married. So we grew up with a good family unit, knowing what family should look like, what marriage should look like. Didn't mean that our parents did everything right and perfect, but we had, you know, a living example in the home with us. Um, but I don't think we were fully prepared for marriage and the burden of marriage. Um, and I do remember one February coming home from school. Um, I was going to Fresno State at the time, and mm-hmm. I remember my front yard looked odd. It didn't it just something about the front yard just didn't look right? And I walked into my home to find out my husband had moved out of the house. We hadn't had no conversation about it. Wow! I came home, and my husband had moved out of the house. And later on, um, he ended up draining the bank account. I was a stay-at-home mother. Wait, 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 <laughs> girl! You giving it to me fast. Let's stop at the part that you came home. You said the front yard looked different. Mm-hmm. You went in the house to find that he had left. Now, he had moved out. let's mm-hmm. park right there for a moment. Did you have any warning signs? Now that I can look back in this moment, yes, I can say I did. But in the moment, you know, you're so caught up in emotion. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I 
I didn't. Um, it wasn't the perfect marriage. We did have our issues. We did have our challenges along with being a mother of two and now two um, stay at home mother. We did have our challenges being a young couple and trying to be in church and trying to be leaders in the church. And we did have our challenges. Um, but we always weathered the storm. We figured out how to maneuver, how okay. to pivot. Okay. This time it was different, clearly. Wow. <laughs> this time it was good. And I don't even remember. I think what it was was when I pulled up to the house, we had those solar lights as a pathway. The solar lights weren't there. And that was, I think that was it. It was nothing like major about the front yard being mm-hmm. out of place. I think the solar lights were no longer there. And that's because clearly he had to back into the yard to load his stuff in the car. Wow. Um, and like I said, I opened the door, came in the house, and he left the majority of the house intact. The furniture, pots, pants, the only thing he took was his clothes, his clothing. And he had a keyboard at the time. He took his uh, electronics, and that was it. Um, wow. So I came home from school to that. Um, and so I remember in, thinking, wow. could we have argued last night? Like, could we have at least argued last night? So I knew what to, it just, it completely caught me off guard. It wasn't anything that I was expecting. Wow. So how did you feel in that moment when you walked in the house and was like, wait, what? What's going on here? How did you feel in that moment? In that moment, I felt betrayed um, because for me, I had stood by so much Mm -hmm. um, and not to divulge a lot because I still have children, minor children with this man. And we are great friends today. Like when you talk about a healed relationship <laughs> Come and on co-parenting, here. Come on here. That it, what it is today isn't what it always was. But in that moment, I felt betrayed because I stood by him through some things that anybody else would have left. Right. Anybody else would right. have left. But me trying to offer my children what was offered to us, holding the family together by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember sitting in the front yard with my parents because on the outside it was the picture perfect marriage and nobody really knew that we had the issues that we had just a few people but my parents didn't even know and I remember having a conversation with my parents because they can now see a couple of days later something is going on and I was sitting on the porch and I was sharing with my parents how we had separated and my mom was like what do you mean you separated well he moved out of the house and my mom went on to Nope, that's not acceptable. And I went on to express to my mom some of the things that I had been dealing with. And her response to me was like, no, you deal with it. Like, by any means, you mm. keep this family together. And I I understood um, because um, that's, that's all I, I can't tell you what issues my parents had. I don't know. But I can tell you by any means, they kept the family unit together. Same with my grandparents and same with my children's father's parents. That was what they did. They kept the family together regardless. So we didn't, as kids, didn't know the issues. But we know that every family has issues. Every family has issues. But we as kids didn't know what those were. But they still, despite those obstacles, kept the family together. So I remember my mom saying, no, that's that's not enough. Wow. And I was like, yeah, but I don't have to live like this. Biblically, I am not obligated to stay with this man anymore. I am free. And I'm not going to allow you to hold me mm. hostage into a situation that I know that God is freeing me from. I know for a fact. Yeah. Wow. Um, I hear that one word you said, biblically. Biblically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know biblically. I had you have the right. right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I hear you say that you all, you both are friends. And that's maturity. Mm-hmm. 
And I knew that took work and a decision to be civilized. Right. Because you don't find that when a man leave you, you can now say this man that left me with the kids is now my friend. Mm-hmm. So and that's why, <laughs> see, <laughs> that's why, <laughs> girl, let, wait a minute, let me, let me take some, no let me drink some water. <laughs> I'm going to need a little sip of water. Yeah, yeah, but this is, this is really good. And a lot of women need to hear this because a lot of women are still struggling because yeah. they too were left and they are still in a sunken place. They don't know how to move on because they are still mad. Yeah. Were you ever that woman that was mad? Oh, yeah. How were you? Telling yes. Them, I wish a bus would run over and you don't die. But like, I wish the bus would drag you several blocks before you die. I, oh, I would tell him that. I was angry. angry. I was angry. And I remember there was this one particular incident. Because again, like I said, from the outside looking in, it was the picture perfect marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And now I'm having to share um, custody with this man that has drained my bank account, that has left me, um, and is in essence telling a one-sided story. Okay. Um, that's the I part. My, yeah, that's the part my, that's mm-hmm. not that's not cool. That yeah. one-sided shady story that I hear a lot from a lot of women. That's not cool, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a reality that it happens. Right. Right. Um, but I remember sitting out with my grandmother and we were trying to do an exchange of the kids and I was trying to give him stipulations as no, these certain people cannot be around our children. Mm-hmm. I don't care who you date. I don't care what you're doing. But this is this is a stipulation. And I remember the argument got very heated and I called him a name. But that was me being so angry. And I think at that moment I reached my breaking point because at that moment I was fighting for my children. Mm-hmm. Um, I was fighting for our belief and how regardless of whether we're divorced or not, we agree or divorcing at the time. We agreed on how we were going to raise these children. Just because you ain't in the house no more don't mean that that's null and void. This is what we agreed to, and this is what's still going to stand. And I remember I had called him out of his name, and my grandmother was furious. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now she turns to attack me. And in that moment, I have felt so alone. And I had to turn to him and say, can you tell her the truth? Because I'm the one that looks crazy in all of this. Can you tell them what I'm saying is the truth? And he never said it's the truth. All he said was, even if it is true, that's not why we're here today. Wow. And I think later on he alluded to what I was acknowledging was the truth. And my grandmother, I remember it was a silent in the house. (laughs) (laughs) The whooping that I was, my grown self was about to get, like she had just, and in that moment, in that very moment is when I finally felt like, Somebody is hearing me now. Like y'all didn't realize everything that I was carrying. That's the frustration. For so long. That's mm-hmm. the frustration. That's the that 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 weight of keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. And then the weight of if I tell it, will you believe me? Or even will you even sympathize to understand how right. I feel what I've been going through? Right. Wow. And I remembered after that is when my grandmother said, We're gonna pray about it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm, okay, mm, mm. well, let's pray about it. <laughs> you see, I'm over here doing a lot of humming. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I don't remember us. Maybe we did because this has been 14 years ago now. Okay. I don't remember us praying in that moment, so we probably did. I don't know. Um, but I remember my grandmother would say things. And my mother, even to this day, if me and him get into a dispute of any kind, which we don't, but if we were to get into a dispute, she'd automatically take they take his side and... Um, it, whatever he said, no, it ain't gonna be what he say. He gonna do what's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, right. I mean, but that's just the way they are. Um, but I remember hearing in that, like, starting to feel you guys actually understand. And I think I started to get more support from them. But even still, um, there was still a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, and a lot of hurt because I felt like you left me with these two kids to go live your life as free as you wanted to live it. And now I have the weight and the burden of raising these kids by myself. I didn't sign up for this. Right. I didn't sign up to have these kids and to let alone raise them by myself. And now um, later uh, working two and three jobs and still trying to finish because when we separated, that was my junior year of college. So now I'm in my senior year of college and I'm trying to do my internship and raise these two kids and work the two jobs and still try to go to church. And how old were you? Uh, maybe 25 around that's, that time. That's young. 25. That's young to jumble all that emotionally. Mm-hmm. So, so how did you... A, there was a lot of time I, I was angry. I was angry because I felt like you abandoned your responsibility mm. and I now have to pick up the slack. Wow. How do you move forward to your healed place how do you get to peace it it didn't peace didn't come until years later okay um so out of that relationship we ended up getting divorced um and two years after divorcing him i found myself in another marriage okay Um, i knew the day that we got married that it wasn't going to work i knew the day that we got married so you thought getting married a second time would be you forcing that healing in your life from that abandonment, wanting a mate? I thought that nobody else would want me. Gotcha. I thought gotcha. you couldn't tell me that I wasn't ugly. You couldn't tell me that I wasn't smart enough. You couldn't tell. Like I thought I'm this single woman with two kids and their daddy didn't even want me. So this is literally the best that I can do. Gotcha. This, this is, is the best that I can do. Gotcha. Um, so, like I said, I found myself in another marriage, and I knew the day that we got married, it wasn't going to work. It was, when we talk about unequally yoked, a lot of times we only focus on the spiritual aspect of things. We don't look at the to- total picture. Right. Um, and just, you got somebody that has no no GED to somebody that has a high school diploma. Right. Like literally, I hear you. I hear you. The day that I got divorced, I mean, married, I knew the marriage wasn't going to work. Wow. And a couple months down the line, I had a friend that came to me and said, Do you know your divorce from the first husband isn't final? And I was like, Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Tish, wait, hold up. Hold up. I'm like, the Lord put you on my heart, and you are blowing me away with this information. Now, I knew. I didn't know all of the details, but what you're saying right now, you're about to free somebody. You know that, right? We decree and declare in the atmosphere when a Suge, another sister hear this, they are about to be free now. Okay. Come on. Continue. Continue. (laughs) So I 
she took me to lunch. Like I said, she said, your divorce is a final. I was like, yes, it is. Here's my paperwork. And she said, no, this isn't the final paperwork. Mind you, I didn't marry the second husband by now. <laughs> and she said, no, there's a second packet. You need this piece of paper. So I go to the courthouse thinking I'm going to go pick up this piece of paper for the court clerk to tell me you're not legally divorced. Wait, what? Wait, what? No, Wait, Tish, what? What? what are you saying? What? Well, you, I, I filed for divorce and he didn't respond. He didn't contest anything. What are you talking? I'm getting out. getting child support from my ex-husband. We didn't want to. What are you talking about? And she said, no, there's another p- p- form of documents that you have to fill out when they don't respond. And so I said, OK, well, can I have those so we can I can be divorced today? Because I didn't got married to somebody else. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's from yes. not knowing. Just no, that, that I didn't was. I was an attorney. Yeah. I didn't have a single mother working all these jobs. I didn't have an attorney. When you have an attorney, an attorney does all of that for you. But me trying to do the paperwork on my own, I was under the assumption that was it. I should have asked questions. That's part of. I should have asked questions. Mm-hmm. But I remember taking that packet, mind you, because I'd already got married. I remember taking that packet home. And on the drive home, I said, if this marriage doesn't ever work, this is my escape route because we're not legally married. I remember living with that for the for my entire second marriage. My God. We ain't legally married anyway. He don't know that. <laughs> but if we ever got to get divorced because now I'm married into the second marriage and now I'm making decent money. And when I say decent money, I mean knocking on six-figure doors. I was making decent money where he wasn't working. And when it got down to the divorce... That was the demand that I had to pay him alimony. I'm not giving you nothing. Wow. So even now I have another child. So even in our ignorance, because we don't know, God will cover us. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yes. God will cover us. He will. And that's grace. Right. And I learned, like I said, in the divorce, I'm thinking at first it was that was a very bitter, very, very bitter ugly nasty divorce um Mm. but the feelings of you abandoning this child i didn't feel that way this time as i did with the first two children okay and it was almost like i felt like because i've lived this and i've survived this we're gonna be all right right we're gonna be all right because you you got wisdom on you have some maturity on your side now you got some grace under your belt you got some stickability you know where you're going and what and i'm sure you had to pray through this but I had gotten to the point where I didn't even want to pray anymore because of how the church was handling our divorce. How the church you about to get me in trouble on it. You about to get about, me in trouble on this podcast. <laughs> but come on, tell I mean, the truth. It just, it be, be, where the church, where it felt like I didn't even get a phone. Y'all know we going through a public divorce because this man is selling my kids' furniture on Facebook. The church didn't even call to say, are you okay? Is there anything that we can help you with? Mm, Okay, okay. Didn't get anything. And then finally, when I did get something, it was more so leaning towards his side because I had become conditioned to be quiet about my side. I didn't tell my side of the story and what was really going on. And let me, let me, let me pause for a moment. Why do we as women feel that they have to remain silent. You said you were conditioned. What was that all about? Were you afraid to speak out? Were you afraid to ask for help? Were you conditioned not to tell? What is that about? I remember feeling um, 
a plethora of emotions at the time. Number one was I remember getting married to him and we were going through issues. And one of the leaders that we looked up to told us when we went to them for help, marital counseling, they told us we didn't put y'all together. So y'all figure it out on your own. Wow. Okay, I can't even go to you to ask for help. (laughs) And I'm telling you, we can't figure it out. And you're telling me to figure it out on my own. Um, So I remember thinking that I remember feeling like now I'm I'm a failure because I failed twice at marriage, even though I knew going in it wasn't going to last. I feel like a failure. Um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are the people going to believe me? Because I felt like if we were friends, when he told you the story, you should at least call and fact check the story because I can give you proof. (laughs) what what has really been going on Um, so it just kind of was guilt it was shame it was isolation and I have to say the enemy causing me to isolate myself a strategic plan of the Mm -hmm. enemy is isolation that mangy devil will isolate you and make you feel like you are in a war zone all all by by yourself. yourself isolation is one skill that the enemy uses to defeat many women. Mm -hmm. But we come against that. So I I remember mm -hmm. feeling so alone. I felt like literally in that moment, even though I wasn't legally married, we still had to go through the divorce process. Okay. Okay. Um, But the backstory to that, I ended up having to go to jail because, because of this man innocently, innocently. And I remember having to go to court. I went to court for about six months and I went through each one of those hearings all by myself. Now, why did you have to go through that process? Because of another frustration. uh, I had to go through that process because of the lies that were told. Um, He fabricated the police report and they took me to jail. Literally took me to jail. So I was innocent and proven innocent. To this day, I'm proven innocent. It wasn't that they just dropped the charges, but I was proven innocent that he fabricated the story. But Sister, shook, shook. How long I, I did you yesterday. have to stay in jail? <laughs> I remember yesterday, I was just yesterday, I was sharing with someone how I went to jail. Or we were joking about a police car. And I looked at them and said, it was almost like PTSD. Do you know I ain't no air conditioning in the back of the police car? Mm. They said, yes, it is. Have you ever been in the back of the police car? Because I have. Wow. <laughs> and it's a, I think I got hyperventilated in the back of that police car. But I was innocent. And going through that battle, I felt like I was literally literally fighting World War Three alone. My God. I came home out of jail. My God. Alone. How long uh, were you there? To each court hearing every month alone i met with my attorney my criminal defense attorney alone Mm. and that wasn't you know any hearings for the divorce that was solely for that case fighting against this man had nothing to do with the, the, the the divorce and still had to go through the divorce process and the child support process alone alone and i remember yet again Mm. we're in child support court or child custody court and he said to the judge, I don't ever want to see that child again. I don't want to see him until he's 18 because I don't want to have nothing to do with his mama. And when I came home to share that story yet again, my mom is telling me, well, he's just talking. He's just angry. No. And that goes back to why I was conditioned to not speak. I got because you. Because when I do say something, it's justified. I got especially you. Especially when they're wrong. I got you. Uh-huh. Now, were you made and to so, stay... 
where you like made said, it, it stay no, a long time? I'm sorry, say that again. Where you, did you have to stay in jail a long time? Was it just a short I, stay? I'm sorry, your phone broke up again. I'm sorry, say that again. Thank God for technology in podcast land. Were you made to stay in jail a long time? No, I was only in jail. My parents did end up bailing me out that day. Okay. My parents gotcha. did bail me out that same day. So Praise I wasn't God. in jail. It, anything was two minutes in jail and you innocent feels right. like a lifetime. And then let me say this. I'm sure after that you had to unlock your mind. Mm-hmm. Because anytime you go through trauma like that, you have to unlock your mind and plead the blood that you don't stay a hostage to to what has just happened to you. Right. Right. So right. you've been through all that. Now I can tell you are so free to tell this story. I can tell that you are delivered Um, God has blessed you. You've served me. You've served the church. Now you are single. Mm -hmm. Found myself single again. Found myself Mm. after the divorce. I went to a party um, with a friend of mine. Um, It was actually a big, huge celebration here in Fresno. And I was going as a guest of honor to a, a good friend, family friend. Um, and it was predominantly white people. It was they were Armenian. Okay. It was their church's uh, uh, centennial celebration. They had a big banquet. Okay. And I remember, um, I was he was me he was outside, and as I was walking up to him, it was just a look in his face. I was like, why is he looking at me like this? And so he takes me on the arm and he's escorting me up to the table. And I remember it felt like something out of a movie, like it was slow motion. Everybody Mm -hmm. stopped and looked at me and I felt so uncomfortable because I felt like the Armenians not like black people. Like, am I in the wrong place? Mm -hmm. Am I not supposed to be here? And I turned to him and I said, why are they looking at me? And he said, because you're the most beautiful woman in this room. And it wasn't until that very moment, which was 2016. So just a few years ago that I realized, you know what? You're not so bad looking after all. And so through that process, it took me, I remember that day as if it was yesterday. I can tell you even what I was wearing. Um, It was through that process that I had to learn that I don't have to accept or settle for just a piece of a man. Come on here. Or a man that because since he loves me or likes me or is interested, just because you're interested doesn't mean I'm obligated to give you my time. Come on, talk. I'm responsible for who I entertain. I'm not responsible for your feelings towards me. And so as time progressed, because during the divorce, the second divorce, I stopped going to church. Um, I ended up getting back into church and started to learn more about me, mm-hmm. um, learn more about myself, mm-hmm. learn more about who I'm called to be. Yes. Not necessarily who the pastor says I'm supposed to be, but who God has called me to be. Because sometimes who the pastor says, and there's nothing against my pastor at all, nothing at all. Right. But I've seen a lot of times when women go to a church and the pastor puts them in a role that this was never created for them. This is not, this has nothing to do with their gifts. This is not who God has called them to be. Right. But it was through me learning. Um, and then later my pastor confirming who God has called me to be. Um, I had to learn that I couldn't just settle for anyone. And so I started dating. Um, and I remember dating this one particular young man. He was a good man, an amazing man. And he started to tell me how busy I was. I was too busy. Mm -hmm. And I had to explain to him, I'm not busy. Because for the right man, 
the ministry that I'm working is okay. Right. I'm not married. That's so right. My, my calendar can be full today if I need it to be. I'm not married. But Come when on. I get married, yes, it won't be as full, but the man that I marry will understand the calling that is on my life, which is why I'm in these meetings or which is why I'm going here or which is why I up and went out of town today for church, for this, for this, or Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I'm running this campaign, I have this to do and I have that to do. And it requires me to work longer hours, not the usual eight to five. Mm -hmm. Um, So it has been me learning. um, But that is what's also cause of frustration because I do believe that before God sends the one that is your spouse or your mate, um, you get the counterfeits to distract you. Come on, the enemy here. is Teach. going to send the counterfeits, and Teach. it's in the counterfeits where you get frustrated. Like, ah, I'm sick of talking to these kites. I'm sick of talking to this. I'm sick of meeting this. No, or settling, one, and like, I will wait for the one as long as it takes. Because I'm somebody's wife. I enjoyed being a wife. Yes. I loved being a wife. Yes. Even though both marriages have ended and ended badly, you can't pay me. Some people want to be single. God bless you. That is not my testimony. That is <laughs> right. Not you want to be married. You want to be married. And I think sometimes you do find yourself frustrated because you're looking at time. I'm getting older. Um, some women tend to get frustrated because they want to be married. They want to have children. They see their time clock is ticking. That's another frustration. But you have to remain in faith and in prayer that God has not forgotten you. And let me say this, you've been married twice. So, you know, if that is your desire and you're serving God with your whole heart, you're praying and you're waiting in anticipation through the lens of faith, you know, God is not going to forget about you. But sometimes when we have to wait, that waiting game is a whole Another set of frustration, right? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, I thought there. No, you're there. Technology, but we we hear we hear that waiting is a whole nother set of frustrating frustration. Mm -hmm. So, what could you tell? You know, what could you tell? A lot of times, even if social media doesn't help, we've allowed social media put to put time constraints on us are we're scrolling and we see all the engagements and the marriages Mm -hmm. and the births social media that's their testimony but even that like i said with my first marriage i had the picture perfect marriage right right but was at home living with literally i felt like satan's baby brother at the time you can pay me to believe (laughs) that that wasn't lucifer's baby brother oh but we have to move past social media and past idolizing marriage. And a lot of times mm. we idolize marriage or we idolize the wedding. I'm sorry, not the marriage because the marriage is the work. We idolize wedding. Right. We idolize right. the pictures. We idolize the Instagram posts. We idolize the TikTok videos. We idolize something that a lot of times we're not ready for. Mm-hmm. And what I had to learn mm-hmm. even through the process is Marriage is not about me. When I get married again, I'm not looking for somebody that I can, um, that will be able to pay my bills, that be able to, I, I can pay my own bills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can buy my own house. In fact, I've done all of that. And I've done very well for myself, if I should say so myself. However, marriage is about how I'm going to serve the other person. Right. If you can't move past your headache. 
then you're probably not ready for marriage. If you can't move past your stomach ache, you're not ready for marriage. If you can't move past my, my kids, my, my oldest son, leave his socks on the floor. So when my husband leaves his socks on the floor, I'm going to want to fuss at him too. You teach no. you. This is good. This is good. And it's necessary because single women need to hear this. And as I talked to you before, sometime I know a lot of single women have felt that we tend more to, we tend to focus more on. And it's not even necessarily just because a lot of times we serve so much that we forget about what God has called us to do. Mm-hmm. Granted, I'm somebody's wife. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm somebody's wife. Who that somebody is, I don't know. That's the, when the Lord reveals at his time. Right. <laughs> I'm somebody's wife. Right. But even still, I'm still God's child. And being God's child, I have an assignment that I have to fulfill. Right. My marriage should never take me from my assignment. Mm. Mm. Never take me from mm. my assignment. This is if good. If you get married to somebody and you can't go to church, there's a problem. <laughs> if you get married to somebody and you can't even study the Bible anymore, that's a problem. Granted, yes, you do have priorities to now take care of your marriage and your children, but they should never take the place of God. And I think sometimes we get into marriages or relationships, rather, and that becomes our God. God is a jealous God. He'll move whatever and whomever out of the way if they take in his place. Yeah. Um, yes, that's where prayer comes in. That's where prayer comes in. Yes. Prayer I, is like prayer is the force. That's where your wisdom is. Before you move forward in a mate, you got to pray and seek God. Is this the man for me, Lord? Mm-hmm. And so... Mm-hmm. This is just so powerful. I'm excited that you're able to tell your story from a place of freedom, um, from a place of peace. So as we close, we're going to have to do a part two because this is just too much to wrap up in one episode. Um, you just I'm sorry. You just broke up. OK, I'm sorry. We're going to have to do a part two because this is just so much to tell in one episode. So I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? I'm here. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Podcast world technology is what it is. I don't know if it's the technology or if the enemy don't want somebody to be free today. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have to do a part two. So as we close, what could you tell a single lady? How could you encourage them? To move past being I'm frustrated. Sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you. Your okay. phone just cut out again. Okay. What could you, how could you encourage a single woman to move past? How could I encourage um, a single woman to move past frustration? Wait. I would say wait on God. Don't get so busy in your waiting season that you allow your frustration to cause you to settle. Don't allow your frustration to create impatience. Mm -hmm. Don't allow your impatience to create a blessing that now you have to maintain. Because if it's a blessing that you create, God is no longer obligated to keep it together. Um, Don't allow your frustration to cause you to move into something that you're eventually going to have to beg God to deliver you from. Wow. Know know who you are. Know what God has called you to to be and what is God God has called you to do because if you don't know what God has called you to do how do you know who to take with you on that journey wow that's powerful thank you thank you so much um 
We thank you for tuning in on today for this episode with Letitia Harris. I know that we have had um, bumps of technical um, difficulties, but I am still going to produce this podcast episode because it's necessary. It's so needed. And I pray that it would would it would bless somebody to be encouraged to know you may be frustrated. You may be single. You may be serving in the church, but there is hope for you. God has a man tailor made and designed for you. So through it all, continue to be prayerful, continue to seek the Lord in all things first before you move forward in any relationship. Honor God. Thank you, Tish. Thank you today for being a blessing. And we will come back with part two. Okay, my should. I love yes. you. Thank you for having me today. Love you. Love you. Hey, should.